Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blind Leading the Blind podcast. Uh, we are coming at you live from the bright and sunny halls of Studio A in the Albany Woods Studio Compound slash Complex. Now, when you say halls, it makes it sounds like we've moved location, that we have been thrown out of the spare bedroom. Oh, no. But it, it, it is not true. We are still in the spacious confines of the spare bedroom Studio A here in the lovely gated community of Albany Woods. Is it gated, though? Because there's no gate. There's no gate. I, I think there's like a psychic gate out there somewhere. <laughs> Don't come in. It is understood. I'm just mostly concerned about all the old people that live here. I'm afraid I don't fit in. LOL. <laughs> uh, so so today is September the 24th, 2020. Yep. Um, it is a Thursday for any of those of you who care, but um, the only reason we didn't do Tuesday is Chris and I tried to do something, <laughs> laid something down, and, and it just didn't work because we were both just tarred. Yep, we, so sorry. Uh, we, we did record a podcast on our usual schedule, and then we realized very quickly that that's just not up to our standard, and uh, we didn't... <laughs> like we have standards? That was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we, we decided that uh, we need to redo, and so here we are doing a redo. Um, uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, if you have questions, comments, concerns... Uh, if you're angry, if you're um, confused, if you have questions, whatever, you can send us an email at blindpod at gmail.com. That's B-L-I-N-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at uh, Blind Leading, first name, all one word. Uh, the Blind, last, last name. name, all one word. Uh, that's probably going to change here soon. We're, yes. we're going to make the transition to an actual podcast page. Uh, we're also on Instagram at BlindPod. Um, yeah, that's it on that. Yep. There's, yeah, that's if you can't get a hold of us in those places, then just track us down at church. Yep. If uh, if something we've said has particularly blessed you, uh, we would love to hear about it. Uh, we've had a couple of people uh, drop us a line and say some things about that some of the. Uh, weirdness that falls out of our mouths and our minds uh somehow god uses to bless people and that's fantastic and uh so yeah if that's the case we'd love to hear about it uh but yeah anything else i think that's it Any I fun stuff I, you know i don't have a whole lot of fun stuff okay i just uh yeah we're all right um oh your wife pray for your wife uh not yes you if you listening if you have a wife pray, pray for, for your wife pray for your wife no uh uh, pray for uh, Mike's wife. Uh, she's fighting a good fight. She's uh, had another round of surgery. She's healing up there. Um, so we're in prayer for her and everything's going good. So that's mm -hmm. all good. Um, I am sick and tired of having to fight spiders. I live out in the country and uh, the spiders are starting to show up because it's getting cold and they're starting to come inside the house every year like clockwork. Spiders and then mice. Uh, once the real cold snap happens and everything gets super cold outside and the snow starts falling, in come the mice. Yep. They, they want to get out of the cold. So here we go. I've already been attacked by several spiders. Um, not really attacked. Only one of them really tried to get me. He was in my shirt and I had to do a floppy arm ninja move to get him out of my shirt. I almost died. Uh, but he, he ended up dying instead. So yeah. That's about it. So uh, let's get into our topic here before I start talking about more nonsense. 
I'm rambling. Yeah, well, I'm usually the one that rambles. I just close my mouth and stare at you now. <laughs> you were just staring at me like, I'm having a, a stroke. stroke. <laughs> Didn't need a stroke attack. Uh, yeah, so Mike, what are we talking about today? I understand that we're going to talk about gentleness. Mm. Okay. I, uh, there are... I, gentleness is a word that comes up, and we know what a gentle person is like, but I think there's some misconceptions um, for a lot of people with what the Bible actually says about gentleness, uh, gentleness's relationship to justice, um, which I think is pretty important. Uh, Jesus himself talked about gentleness in uh, relating it to the old law. You want to go there yet, or do you want to start in something different? Well, I think first it's kind of important to set up. So, so the thing that spurred all of this, uh, I was watching a sermon. I was watching, uh, there, there was a conference. Uh, I don't remember who the people were doing the conference, but I was watching a conference the other night. It was live streaming, and so I was watching it. And the guy on there was talking about uh, Jesus and about how he didn't really use any really emotional terms or anything to describe himself but the one thing that he the one attribute that he used to describe himself was gentleness frequently uh, that he was gentle and a lot of people uh, sort of interchange that term gentleness with meekness mm-hmm. right we've all heard about you know Meek and mild. The meek shall inherit the earth. Yep. And so I think it's important before we get too far into it to say what gentleness slash meekness is and is not before we get too too far into it, right? Yes, I agree. Um, So when most people think of gentleness, they think about soft-spoken, tender, mealy-mouth, like... Overly considerate of other people's feelings. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, and, and the same thing with meekness. People equate meekness with be with weakness. Yeah. With uh, being a doormat. a doormat. Yeah. And uh, really, in reality, both of those things mean kind of the same thing in definition. Meekness, as far as I have been able to discern. Uh, simply is controlled strength mm-hmm. or uh, intentional restraint. That's a really good way to put it. Uh, that's This whole teaching that Jesus does in referring to the old law is about restraint and more, which we'll get to. Yeah, well, and even in the way that Jesus interacted with people, as far as saying that Jesus was gentle or meek, if you look in the way that he interacted with people, it was very much in controlled strength and uh, intentional restraint. Well, you think of Jesus as gentle, but that's the same Jesus that turned over tables in the temple. Mm -hmm. That's the same Jesus that looked at his disciples and went, how long do I have (laughs) to put up with you? Looked at one of his very best friends, Peter, and said, get behind me, Satan. Yep. Um, and all Peter was doing was trying to care about him. Yes. And so these are not, you know, you wouldn't look at, if you, if you think of someone nowadays who, is, who you would describe as gentle, 
you don't see that person, you know, with a with slamming their hand on their forehead and going, how long do I have to put up with you? That doesn't feel like a gentle thing to say. <laughs> However, palm. it may be. I couldn't think of what face palm was. Face palm. So it's, I, it never slamming, <laughs> laying hands on yourself in the name yes, of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so... A lot of people think that that's what gentleness means, right? That that, but it's really, it's important that everyone keeps this in mind that as we move forward, intentional restraint or controlled strength. It's knowing what you can do, knowing sometimes even that you have a right to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a righteous thing. Like, you might be angry or whatever. You might even have a right to do that thing. Like, no one would say you're wrong for doing it. But you exercise gentleness and meekness and restraint so you don't. So that it creates a gap and a place where something might exist. And we're going to get into that. Yes. Um you got anything to drop in there real quick while I'm reading my notes? Well, I just, this whole idea of um, restraint, it, it's more than just restraint to me. It's not only restraint, it's going well beyond where you think you would like to go. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the, the thing in the, in the New Testament, and I, when, when Jesus says, you know, you've heard it said that it was there, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yep. Um, we're going to go with this idea of justice a little bit because gentleness includes the idea of justice in a lot of ways. How so? Oh, it would be just for you to do certain things, but it might not be gentle, and it doesn't bring any glory to God for you to attack in some ways when you might be right. Let's let's talk about this. The have you ever you've thought about this eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? It's not just that you can get back at somebody. It's that that's the limit of what you can do in the old law. If someone poked out your eye, you had the right to have their eye out. But what you probably wanted to do was have their eye out and shove your fist down their throat. So it's not just this idea of justice. It's also about restraint and control and limiting uh, retribution, particularly in civil government, but also in personal relationships. Okay. The same, same thing with um, if someone slaps you on the cheek. In fact, said I think it's it's defined there as slaps you on the right cheek. Yeah. Which is um, left hand. Mm-hmm. And when a left hand hits your right cheek, is it the palm of the hand or the back of the hand? Well, it's the palm, and it's unclean. Not only that, it's an insult. There is a difference in the in in okay. these days between palm, slapping someone with the palm, and slapping someone with the back of your hand. Really? The back of your hand was considered an insult slap. Not just slapping somebody. Not just hitting them, but it was considered an insult in that culture. Okay. Um, so Jesus says, when somebody hits you on the right cheek, he's he may actually be thinking of a right hand backhand to your right cheek. 
I don't know that. No, but I mean, but understanding I understanding the culture, I could see that. I guess where my where where I went with that was left hand palm to the cheek, right? Your left hand in that culture was considered unclean. Absolutely, because they would eat with the right hand and they would wipe with the left hand. Yes, and so this hand never touched that hand, right? And this hand never touched anything. This hand touched your left hand touched was considered unclean. Right. Um, so uh, when you said that, I went, "Oh, that that's that's interesting." Uh, but yeah, so. So this idea of gentleness and meekness, right, and restraint, right? Uh, so as Jesus was talking, right, he said, you guys have heard it said and or, or it is written in the old law, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you to forgive them, to love them, right? If someone does X, Y, Z to you, you have an obligation to go exponentially beyond to bless them. If someone slaps you on the right side of your face, offer them the other side. Turn the other cheek. Say, okay, hit me here. Why in the world would anyone do that? <laughs> Sounds crazy, doesn't it? It certainly does. <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll interject here real quick before we move any farther. So part of the other thing that I had written down is gentleness and meekness. It means, uh, obviously, we already said controlled strength or intentional restraint, right? Um Having the ability to destroy or tear down or separate or divide. And you might even have the right to do so. And it might even be a righteous thing. But you don't. Instead, you extend grace, compassion, love, strive for unity and restoration. That's really... Well, we've talked before about every... Uh, recurring theme. Every interaction <laughs> needs... What if it's a negative? Any interaction needs to lead to restoring someone to the body of Christ, or, or encouraging them, comforting them in the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, the restraint idea is also uh, there are a couple other examples that Jesus gave. We'll just hit these real quickly. Go for it. If you're if someone sues you for your coat, uh-huh. um, under under Mosaic law, the outer cloak could not be taken from someone. It was what they were suing for was like a, an inner garment. A tunic. A tunic. That's a good way to put it. Um, so if someone sues you for your tunic, say, okay, here's my tunic and here's my cloak. Go the extra, as we say, mile. Where does the extra mile come from, Mike? Well, because in the days of Jesus, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Israel was occupied by the Romans. Mm-hmm. A Roman soldier could compel anyone to carry his gear for him for one mile. What do you mean, compel? Force them under pain of imprisonment or perhaps even death. I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the stricture on that was. But he's tromping along and he's getting tired and he sees some poor Jewish guy sitting there and he says, here, you got to carry my stuff for a mile. The Jewish guy could not refuse. legitimately refuse to do that. Yeah, it was against the law for him to refuse if a Roman soldier said, hey, carry my stuff for a mile. But they also, again, here we see uh, a limitation from the Roman soldier that he could only make him carry it a mile. Right. In steps Jesus, and he says, if a soldier asks you to carry or tells you to carry his stuff for a mile, 
offer him two miles. In fact, just go ahead and carry it for two miles. Because you know at the end of a mile, the soldier were going, okay, you're done, give my stuff back. And you look at him and go, no, 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 I got you, another yeah, mile. Yeah, well, that's that's what I meant by offering right. the second mile. That's where we get the term, go the extra mile, right? Right. And, and it's, it's very interesting, especially in today's society, to ask the concept of putting yourself out there or laying yourself down to serve someone else intentionally even though they don't deserve it is insane like people will say you need therapy if you want i i fully believe that therapists would say you have some sort of disorder if you wanted to do that Mm -hmm. some sort of self-hatred right absolutely why would you put yourself in jeopardy why would you put yourself out why would you Take yourself beyond the realm of what is, I'm doing air quotes here, reasonable. Just because you want to exhibit a gentle spirit. Mm. Well, (laughs) therein lies the point of this. Um, Let me me scroll down here just a little bit because I've got so many notes in this. There's so much. You have way more than I do. I, I, I threw that over to you and you just went ham with it. Well, I've got a whole bunch of... um, (laughs) <laughs> the idea of, of old Mosaic law, you know, love your neighbor. Yeah. People said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Because all the law said was love your neighbor. Jesus is saying, love your enemies too. Yep. He's trying at this point to, to describe a gentle spirit. Why is it a gentle spirit to love your enemies? What... what why would you why would you want to do that because it does not make any sense uh, in today's world even in today's church it doesn't make any sense I don't know if this is too early in the podcast or not but isn't that what Jesus did it's exactly exactly <laughs> what he did so the answer to why is because if Jesus did it isn't that what we're supposed to do and that the whole point of this whole thing it's it's kind of like it um, it's very easy. It's very, very easy to say, well, just be gentle. Go the extra mile. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemy as you love your neighbor. Those are lovely, lovely words which turn into church words. Yeah, it turns into this high and lofty concept of, well, I'm going to take the higher road and I'm going to be more chivalrous than you and I shall conquer. Because, well... what it turns into is I'm better than you because I'm being nice to you in front of people. Yes. But I really, on the inside, I hate you. Right. Just so you know, (laughs) I'm putting on an act. (laughs) The difference between true submission, inward heart submission, and just outward submission. Uh, Yeah. So a minute ago, you said, why on earth would anybody ever uh, allow someone like that... Why, why would someone intentionally, uh, the Roman soldier guy is, is uh, forcing me to carry his stuff. Why would I offer him more when I don't have to, right? Right. Paul wrote a letter to the church uh, of Ephesus. Sorry, I had to think of what the name of the city was. Uh, so the book of Ephesians, right, is a letter to the church of Ephesus. And uh, in chapter 5, verse 21, he says, uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Oh my. 
Um, uh, another translation says, be submitting yourselves to one another in reverence of Christ. So it's a verb. It's an action that you should always be submitting yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. It is a responsive action. It's not just, I'm going to do this. And it can be a proactive one as well. Right. That's, it's, this does not come out of a love that demands um, that, or that contains any sort of action that is transactional. It is completely an unconditional giving. Um, I, I, wow, Mr. Stammer study. Yeah. I, <laughs> gentleness is, is, is a concept that is not natural no. to us as human beings. No, not at all. It's not, a, it's, it's not even taught. It's, you know, I'm going to get my own. And if, you know, you're not going to get your own, then, well, I'll get mine and whatever happens to you happens to you. And that's kind of the nice way to put it. Yeah, uh, yeah. In our world today, in our society, um, people are concerned about their own experience, uh, their own gain, and their importance. Yeah. Um, people assume their value. Uh, they assign value to places where it does not belong. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they want to gain value from everything except God. Yes. Which leads you to a place of arrogance and idolatry in everything in your life. Because you're constantly concerned about feeding the monster of... The me monster, right? right? The, the I want, I desire, what I want. It's about how I feel, how I experience, what's going on with me. Screw you. Right? It doesn't matter if I have to run you over. I'm going to go get the thing that I want to get. Well, so are you saying that if you're gentle, you can't be assertive? <laughs> no, because remember I said in the beginning of this that it's intentional restraint or controlled strength. Uh, so I, here, here's a practical example, a visual picture maybe of what this might look like, okay? So imagine you tie a cinder block on the end of a rope. Okay. And you get on the on a bridge. Okay. And you have someone in a boat underneath that bridge. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're dangling this cinder block off the bridge on a rope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you have a couple of options. The guy in the boat's job is to receive the thing that you're dropping. Okay. Okay. You have a couple of options. You can just let go of the rope mm -hmm. and let the cinder block fall. And if he catches it, he catches it. If it doesn't, then it's going to smack him in the face and it's going to hurt. Uh, or... You can let go, grab it real fast, and sort of inch it down mm -hmm. little by little, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's how this works. That's how gentleness and meekness works. I have an option of just letting this go and letting it smack you in the face, but instead I'm going to ease you into it. That doesn't mean that I'm going to retract what is truth. I'm still lowering the cinder block. Absolutely. The cinder block's still coming at you. The truth is still going to come at you. Yes. I'm still not backing up off of the truth. But I'm trying to be gentle in the delivery of said truth so that we may have space for love and 
maintain restoration or what what's the word I'm looking for? Maintain relationship, right? So we don't break the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I have seen the spirit of gentleness come and people don't want to receive that and they start pushing back at it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people let go of that rope. Yeah. On and purpose. Say, and say, I tried to be gentle. I was trying to come at you with love and gentleness and we were trying, I was trying, I was really trying to maintain this thing and you were screaming at me telling me to just let it go. So I did. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus was delivering truth all the time. Sometimes it would appear as though you read through the Bible that uh, he would let go of that rope. And as the cinder block was nearing said person's face, he'd <laughs> snatch it right back up again right at the last second, exercising that controlled restraint and saying, See? It's still the truth. Look really, really close at it because it's really, really close to your face. So let's go here. What was the reason for Jesus being assertive, bold, strong? It was not to assert himself. No. What did he say? What did he say? I this, said, don't, this, don't, is, no, this is all. This is this is so you can see God. This is for the glory of God. You don't leverage your power in gentleness to promote anything at all, except, Chris's head just about snapped off when I paused, except the cause of God, or the cause of the needy, which is the cause of God. Jesus himself was extremely forceful. He was even, what's the word, confrontational. Absolutely. But he was spoken of and was gentle because he used all that power for other people. Not for selfish gain. Not for himself. And Or self-value. Right. So I want to put this out there too that Jesus even said, I don't do or say anything of my own accord. Yeah. I only do and I only say what the Father says to do. Yeah. Okay. That submission to the Father is what provides the power, the strength, the confidence, and the complete comfort level to be bold, to be assertive, to move forward in confidence, knowing that I'm submitted to God. I'm not doing anything that, unless God tells me to do it, so I'm not worried about it. So I'm not taking this into my own hands no. or directing it in a way or in a manner other than what God wants to do. Yep. Now, we, we said this before, what, because this gentleness idea comes up a lot when there is conflict. We can be a gentle person, have a gentle demeanor. There was a guy that came up to the church last week to play basketball, and he was described to me as, he's such a kind guy. He is such a nice man. And it's true. He exuded kindness. You could tell that I, I, that he has a gentle spirit. Mm-hmm. But we frequently come in contact with people who, with whom we have conflict, with whom we have disagreements, with whom we have differences. Uh-huh. If we approach this with a gentle spirit, what does that allow? What does that do? 
for one, Chris is just biting his lip. I can't tell if he doesn't want to say no, it or no, no, he's, he's <laughs> if someone comes at you, they're probably in a heightened emotional state. Yep. Perhaps they have lost their temper. <laughs> just to make a reference for fun. <laughs> Hashtag last episode. If you haven't heard the last episode, go back and check it out. It's called Knives and Emotions. If you respond to them in a gentle nature that does not serve your own cause, yep. your own wants, or your own emotions, yep. then there is the space in there to do a number of things. First off, there's space in there for you to automatically forgive. Yeah, it allows it, it allows for space for you to forgive. And it also, uh, it just might defuse uh, the conflict that's happening. It frequently can. Um. <laughs> oh, but if it doesn't, if for some reason the other person is, is still up and coming at this point and you've responded in a gentle manner to them, as soon as they come at you again, everything's released and you can go at them however you want, right? Uh, no. 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 Um, however, so... Uh, I want to. I want to. The reason I've been sitting here biting my tongue is because I, the way it's just the way my brain works. I have this mental picture in my head, um, and I've experienced it in the actual, like, tangible, physical way several times over the years. Um, and I'll throw it out here now, just for a practical example of what this looks like. Okay, let's say that. Uh, let's say that some people are playing basketball up in the gym. And it gets a little too rowdy. Somebody checks somebody into a wall trying to block a ball. And next thing you know, you got a couple of grown men going toe-to-toe, right? They're not fighting yet, but they're getting real close to going toe-to-toe, right? And so you go in, you step in between them, you say, hey guys, not here, right? It's not okay. Like, chill out, relax, whatever, take a walk, whatever. And one guy is fine with that. He walks away. And the other guy gets up in your face. He's like, well, how are you going to tell me what to do? And it's like, all right, man, calm down. I get it. You're upset. Whatever. Chill out. Relax. It's all good. And I say dude steps in even closer. And he gets close enough to your face. And he's almost spitting in your face when he's screaming at you. And he's like, I said, how are you going to tell me what to do? Right? You going to make me? You going to make me calm down? You going to make me? At that point, you have exercised meekness. And even beyond that. Let's say that that fella goes ahead and puts his hands on you, right? Mm -hmm. If I wrap that fella up and stick his face into the wall, right? And I do not allow him to move any farther. And while I am restraining his movements and I am holding him in place, I lean in real close and I say, hey, you want to calm down now? Right? You want to relax? Now... From the outside looking in, I'm holding this guy down. Right. I'm not allowing him to move. Right. I am asserting myself upon him. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I am exercising, some would say, violence upon him. But in reality, uh, I'm exercising meekness, uh, controlled strength, intentional restraint. Because I'm not just flying off the handle. I have the ability and the skill and the strength. To three-piece and a side of fries this guy yeah. into next week. Right. Okay, and he will wake up outside of the parking lot. I can do that. I have done it. I'm very skilled at doing it. I made, almost made a career out of it. Yeah. Um, I know how to do that, okay? But if I just use 
what I do know to restrain him so that he does not harm myself or anyone else right. while constantly trying to say, hey, relax, man, calm down, chill out, let yourself boil down, it's all good, calm mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. right? That's exercising meekness and a spirit of gentleness because I could have just knocked him out on the floor and drug him outside of the parking lot and let him wake up outside, right? but I didn't. I wanted to provide an opportunity for him to calm down and so that we could continue playing basketball, so that we could continue having our relationship and restore it back together, right? Right. It's cool. Everybody gets upset sometimes. Everybody loses their temper. And it bears saying in this, I guess, I'll, for 30 seconds, I'll refer back to the other episode. When we lose our temper, it creates a place for weakness to happen in us. When we allow our emotions to take over, we fly out of control, it causes a weak place. So from that perspective, if I'm dealing with somebody and they're flying off the handle, it's my job, listen, pay attention, it's my job to observe that in that moment, that person is weak. Mm -hmm. And it is my job to try to help give them some strength, to try to love them and help them and come alongside them and say, hey, man, I love you, right? It's all, calm down. It's all good. It's all good, right? And if they hit me, I can say, it's cool, it's cool man. Yeah. Look, calm down. Look, I've seen people get completely just cracked in the face and they look at the person and go, okay, cool. Do you need me to hit me again? I'll stand here and let you hit me if it helps you calm down. Like, if that's what you need, I'll let you do it, right? And then they look at you like you're crazy. Immediately, the conflict is almost over because they're like, what? What do you mean? Look, if you if you need to beat me up to feel better, I'll stand here and let you beat me up. It's cool. It's not the first time I've been beat up, right? It's cool. You have an obligation as a follower of Jesus. When you witness someone in that kind of weakness, mm-hmm. you have an obligation to try to help. To come alongside them yep. and restore them into a right relationship yes with whatever it is you know perhaps somebody who's coming at chris this example he gave playing basketball it might not be about restoring that person to the body of christ it just might be about restoring that person to the game of basketball for the rest of the evening yeah but there you see where the parallel is in some of this now (laughs) caveat there's nothing wrong with defending yourself. If someone attacks you, there's nothing wrong with defending yourself. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying as a Christian, you can't hit somebody back if they're attacking you, right? Jesus didn't say, if someone strikes you on your right cheek, then offer them the left and then just stand there while they go get a baseball bat and pummel you. Yep. No, that's not what he said. It's just, this is the proper use of, oh Lord, authority and power (laughs) yeah it is the proper execution of submission to authority Mm. very good it is because effectively what you're doing is exercising yourself in submission so that someone else may have restoration and you have the authority to do that in Jesus because you are submitted to God and 
because you are under that authority, you have every right and every obligation to submit to that person. Right. That doesn't mean become a doormat. That doesn't mean allow them to completely destroy you. Right. That means make a solid attempt to submit and allow that person to see you submitting so that you may love them and possibly lead them back into a right relationship. Whether that means, hey, let's get back in the game and stop fighting. Whether that means, hey, do you know Jesus, right? Let me introduce you to this guy, Jesus, whatever. Whatever that looks like, the point is, go above and beyond. Go the quote-unquote extra mile to try and show someone the love of Jesus. Absolutely. Now, we've been talking about a kind of... I don't want to say over-the-top examples, yeah, but, but very physical, very obvious, very la-la-la. Gentleness operates as a fruit of the Spirit in a, an infinite number of ways. Okay, This is about your relationship with everyone with whom you come in contact with. What is it that... Chris's ear is ringing. What is it that gets in the way of gentleness in almost every relationship. It's usually the striving for personal value by the person who should be exhibiting gentleness. That striving, that, oh, I want my value, I want mine, which we talked about earlier, comes out in a really, really specific way. Paul talks about it in Philippians 2. Um, I was wondering if you were going to get that. Yeah. I apologize for not talking for a few minutes there. Uh, something happened in my ear, and I can't hear out of it, so it's all good. Yeah. Paul <clears throat> talks about complaining. Complaining. Complaining and criticizing. Karen? Uh, uh, yes, the Karen, the, the Karen spirit. Do you have a Karen spirit the, in the your The spirit church? of Karen? <laughs> <laughs> T-shirt? Um, oh, could be. It could be. Um, when you are complaining, is there anyone who doesn't complain? When you are criticizing the way things that are going on. Ooh. Ooh, Mike, you're going to step on some toes, buddy. Well, okay, I'm going to. Paul first says, do everything without complaining and arguing. He didn't say do some things or do most things. Well, unless you feel like you have a right to. He said do everything without complaining and arguing. That's what he said to the church at Philippi. But what if it's not fair? Who are we to determine what fair is? Uh, There is... Oh, he's going to make me go there. I am. In the Hebrew language, there is a word for righteousness. There is a word for justice. As as far as I know, and when Quiz first, uh, first brought this to my attention here at the Humble Flood School of, of, of Biblical Knowledge, um, here, when he brought this to my attention, I, I did some digging. I cannot find a Hebrew word which means on its own fair. Yeah, fairness in this there is a word for fair as in beautiful, like a fair maiden, yeah, right? Pretty. Yes. And, and, and fair as in like fair weather, like good weather, like this weather is nice, right? That word those words exist, but when it comes to fair as in 
Uh, Balanced scales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the way you're treating me isn't fair, right? That concept does not... Sorry. That phrase does not... The word does not exist for that concept in their culture because they don't care. How did that concept express itself in ancient Jewish, Jewish culture? It expressed itself in justice which I forget what the word is, a kadim, or I, I don't I, remember. <laughs> but I'm, a little, I'm a little behind on my Hebrew there, okay, Mike. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> but there's a closely associated word. It's the same root word for justice. Okay. Add to it of a man, of an individual. That word means the righteousness of a man. So justice leads to the righteousness of an individual. If you want more explanation than that, drop me a line and I'll look it up. But. Well, just that one sentence uh, leads me into, hence, the Old Testament law, you sacrifice an animal for your sin and you are righteous. Yes. You have completed the act of justice. Yes. Have, and therefore your debt is paid, so now you are righteous. Mm-hmm. That's fairness to the Hebrews. Right. They understood the concept of consequences. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. The point is, the whiny, snowflake, butthurt, (laughs) culture of our nation today is so far gone from the, the, the biblical principles in the Bible that's how people live their life today. Well, that's not fair, and it hurt my feelings, and you can't... Listen. You, you can't me, me, me. Yeah, you can't blank me. You can't hurt me. You can't hurt my feelings. You don't have a right to say that to me. You can't... I'm offended by that. You can't say that. Listen, Jesus didn't understand that concept. Right. The Hebrews, Moses, did not understand that concept. They weren't concerned with how fair they were being treated. If they were, I would posit to you that they would have formed together and launched a full-on assault on Pharaoh's throne. Absolutely. Because there were four times as many of them as there were Egyptians. Yeah, many, many more people. At any given moment, they could have rose up and overtook that place and just wiped them off the map. Mm -hmm. Just by sheer numbers. Right. But they didn't. Because they had understood that God allowed them to be there. So this must be my place. And when God... Mm. Go ahead. Okay. I got to do it. So Moses was just chilling, doing his everyday thing, right? Walking around outside, hanging out with the sheep, right? Yep. I think he may have actually been going to find one that run off in the wrong direction on the quote-unquote mountain of God. I don't remember what it was called. Was that Sinai? I don't think so. I think it was... Right outside of Egypt? Horeb, if I, I, maybe. Moab? Horeb? I don't know. I don't know. Moho, I don't know. <laughs> Moho? I like Moho. Moho. Um, but, uh, no, so Moses is just chilling, doing his everyday thing, and he happens to be walking through this little uh, valley in this in the mountainside, and he notices something out the corner of his eye. There's a bush on fire. And the word says that God observed that Moses took notice of what was happening. 
that Moses was walking around looking for a sheep and he stopped because he noticed something out of place. Yeah. And then he looked further and he noticed that because it wasn't necessarily out of place that a bush would be on fire in the desert. Happens a lot, actually. But he stood there and observed and noticed that the bush was on fire, but the bush wasn't being consumed by the fire. It wasn't burning up. And then it starts talking to him. (laughs) Yeah. And so Moses is having this incredibly crazy... uh, supernatural experience out of nowhere and you know you, you guys know the story take off your feet you're on holy ground whatever or your shoes as opposed to your feet <laughs> that too yeah <laughs> um yeah so he wasn't worried about that he wasn't worried about the specifics he was just trying to figure out how god was speaking to him through a bush and is he really hallucinating does he need water what's going on <laughs> the point i'm making when I'm, I'm i start talking about moses is because god said This is the important part. God said, I have noticed, I have observed and I have noticed that my people have fallen into slavery and they have been held captive against their will. Kind of like, you know, I wasn't aware, unaware of this. Yeah. And he tells Moses that I, oh, hey, you, Moses, come over here. Listen, I looked down the other day and I noticed it's weird that the Bible uses the, ver- the, the the language that he says, I have observed that my people are being held captive. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, but he goes on to say, uh, but I love them and I care about them. And since I noticed that they're being held captive and that's not okay, uh, you're going to go set them free. Right? I'm going to use you to do that. Of course, we know the rest of the story, but... The point is, Hebrews did not understand the concept of fairness. They understood that if it was happening to them, then God allowed it to happen. So I don't have a right to complain about it. Yet they did. Correct. <laughs> but the, it, it, the depravity that we now yes. know yeah, there you go. in our country has always been there, Right. But the point, their culture was not ran by this notion that my feelings are hurt and you can't say that to me and whatever. Their culture, yes, they started complaining, but the things that they complained about weren't their feelings getting hurt. It wasn't something as silly as, silly as well, you offended me. No, it was literally like life or death stuff. They yeah. complained about like, well, is God going to let us die or what? Like, is, are we going to starve to death yeah. out here? Like, what are you crazy, Moses? Like, yeah. like yeah. we should have stayed back there. At least, I mean, we were slaves, but at least we were taken care of, at right? Least we had food. That's what they were complained about. They never complained about, oh, my feelings are hurt. They never complained about, oh, I'm butthurt about what you said about my hair and you don't like it, right? They weren't developing mental uh, complexes over somebody, what somebody said on Facebook. Um, they weren't taking medications to deal with their emotions. They just read God's word. Well, they didn't have God's word then at that point yet, but, but they, hmm, help me because you're better at speaking. You know what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. They understood that their emotions were not valuable 
There, that's what I was trying to get to. When you are concerned about whether or not you're going to eat later today, whether you're going to be able to find the food to eat later today, suddenly how you were, you've been dissed by somebody doesn't really matter. You have other things on your mind. We have such ease and comfort nowadays. And plenty. And plenty. That we whine about everything. Yeah. That comes to me. Okay, go. Uh, this, that, that idea comes to me Lean from in. the spirit of, <laughs> I have to come in close because you that's do, just that. I'm, I'm watching this thing die out. So that's yeah, why I was okay. like, you got to get in here close. Just like gentleness can create a space where there is the opportunity forgiveness for forgiveness and reconciliation. Yep. Complaining, whining, lack of gentleness toward a situation or other people creates an almost an unwillingness to forgive. That's why it is so dangerous. If you're going to keep complaining about it, you haven't forgiven. No, because you're still worried about you. You're still worried about what it means to you. Yeah. And even when you go, well, I forgave you, but that's just because God said to. You haven't forgiven them. That doesn't count. That's lip service. It's fake. Yes. Yes. It's 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 on the surface. It's being a whitewashed tomb, mm-hmm. as Jesus said. Mm-hmm. It's making sure that your outside is doing the right thing while inside you're still rotting. So forgiveness is not an action. It's a character trait. No, because remember, a minute ago I read uh, out of that scripture in Ephesians, right? It's a verb. He said, be submitting yourselves to one another in reverence of Christ. Be submitting. That means to actively be submitting all the time to one another. So gentleness in this idea of submission is not just an action. It's not just how you treat people. It's your character. It's your heart. It's a fruit of the Spirit that is meant to be a blessing that we can corrupt. Let me ask you a couple questions just to kind of define this. Oh, real quick. <laughs> do you have? Do you always have to get in the last word? When you're talking to someone, do you always have to make sure that your point is taken and understood? Do you always have to make certain that all truth is spoken regardless of the hearer. In other words, do you drop the cinder block on them or do you lower it to them? You know, there's an example of a great public speaker, an outstanding communicator in the, uh, in, in the Jewish world. Um, his name was Joshua. Well, no, we called him Jesus. He spoke in parables <laughs> because the hearers could not understand it or accept it if he didn't do that. There's another gentle Jesus. Yeah. How you throw (coughs) truth is so, so critical so that you can restore other people. I'm not saying you you water it down. I'm not saying that you milk toast it. I'm not saying that you avoid it. I'm just saying you learn how to speak it to other people. Otherwise, you become self-righteous very quickly. You have an option to not beat someone to death with the truth. 
Oh, but it's so much fun. It is. It makes me feel so much better about my truth. Oh, wait, it's not my truth. It's God's truth. Never mind, I was wrong. I I have a few questions of my own before we, before we go. Because a minute ago you said it's not just about the physical actions in terms of uh, violence or, or anything like that, anything in the physical world. It really starts way down deep in the heart and, and you know, on the inside, right? Right. So let's talk about love for half a second. I'm going to ask some questions. You listeners... You can send us your answers if you want, but really this is just for you to think about. Do you want me to answer this out loud or do you want me to just answer it in my head? You can answer it out loud if you want. Okay. It's up to you. If I want to. If you, if you want to. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Uh, can you love someone who hates you? Mm. Mm. Okay. Can you show compassion to the one who has wronged you? Okay. I'm thinking of specific examples in my life right now. Yeah. You should be too. Uh, can you get over yourself? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when we're consumed with, how, with with the fairness of a situation or or with whether or not I'm getting what I deserve out of it or, or uh, you've offended me with something, whatever, all of that it boils down to selfishness. You're concerned with yourself uh, rather than showing the love and kindness of Jesus. So my question of can you get over yourself is, I guess, would be better said, can you stop being selfish long enough to love someone? Set yourself aside. Yeah. Um, Can you get past what you think you deserve or what you think you're owed? those Those are all of my questions. Are you willing... To allow your character to be changed by the Spirit of God so that you can exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, real quick. So, gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit, yes? Yes, yes it is. Which means that it has to be cultivated. Yes. That it is not, you said earlier, it's not a natural thing. No. It has to be cultivated. Yes. How do you cultivate it? In five minutes or less. Oh, in like two minutes. It's, <laughs> well, first off, if it's a fruit of the Spirit, your spirit has to be in... That spirit there is a big S. So your little s spirit has to be in, in communication and in agreement with the spirit, big S, spirit of God. And the Bible refers to that as walking in the spirit. And abiding. And abiding. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Read it. It's in John, I think. John 15. There you go. I just shocked myself by knowing what chapter it was. Good Lord, I hope it's there. Um, you, you just... When we talk about this being a character trait, it becomes who you are. Am I there? No. No, no, no. Don't, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I am as blind as a blind man leading another blind man. But I try to be aware of responses and I try to be aware of the thoughts behind responses a lot of times people have seen me just shut up that's because I know that the next word out of my mouth will not be kind or gentle and it'll make me look like a buffoon there's a proverb about that I don't remember exactly what it is but um, 
Oh, better to be quiet and allow people to think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove, remove all doubt. Yes, yes, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I didn't say it was a biblical proverb, but it's, said it was a proverb. <laughs> so, um, so, so the, to, to sort of wrap this thing up, the point is, a gentleness and meekness, kindness, does not mean that you're just a little... Uh, Cry baby eating a wham burger, the side of cries. Well, that's complaining, right? Um, well, but a lot of people will say that if you're gentle, you you know the little wussification of America type thing situation. And while yes. that's true, gentleness, meekness, does not mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean not showing any assertion at all, or or any sandpaperiness. If it is a fruit of the Spirit, it does not come from a place of weakness because we know the Spirit of God is not a spirit of weakness. That's correct. So the point is, uh, I'm in the outro, man. I don't want to. Okay. I got to. I got to. I got to. I got to. No, I don't. Um. <laughs> This is an internal battle. You're just hearing <laughs> what goes on in our heads. You don't have the right to point your finger at someone and how they're doing it, anything, speaking, singing, talking, loving, acting. You don't have a right to point your finger at them and say they're not being gentle. They're not being meek. They're not being kind. No. They're not loving people the way that Jesus did. You don't have a right to make that judgment. Please do not. Please stop it. Sorry. That is that is divisive, that is critical, that is a spirit that is the opposite of gentleness and is not a submitted spirit. Sorry. Had to. So if anybody gets offended by that, please come talk to us about that. Send us an email. Thanks. Yeah, that would be great. I really wish somebody would send us an email. We've been oh. asking for weeks. Well, we've gotten lots of texts, or a few <laughs> texts. Oh, look that. Thanks. So we're, we're good. So listen, guys. I... Sorry if I stepped on anybody's toes, uh, poked anybody's scab, um, but I'm bleeding. If if you if you were blessed by this, let us know. Love to hear it. I hope you were. I hope you heard what we were trying to say. Um, if you have questions, if you are confused by what we said, and you don't understand. Again, reach out to us, please. It's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, if, if nothing else, just be aware of what is going on in your head, in your daily life, and are you exhibiting a gentle spirit? Yep. Read Philippians 2, read Philippians 4, read Titus 3, all letters of Paul. Yep. Um, get an idea. Do a Bible study on gentleness. It really is fascinating. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, as we say at the end of every single pod pod podcast, podcast mm -hmm. please go out and find somebody to bless. Have a lovely rest of whatever it is you're doing. Uh, be safe out there. Love you. Love you. Bye.